0: In the name of our Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Notice the intention with which Jesus marches down to the Jordan River in our gospel lesson. Jesus came from Galilee to be baptized by John at the Jordan. Throughout the gospel, we see Jesus moving with intention with purpose, and we always find that he accomplishes what he intends to do. When we understand this, we also see that in his death, he was not defeated, but he in fact laid down his own life, as he said, I lay it down on my own. And that death, you know, was necessary also and proper to fulfill all righteousness, As with all his life, in his baptism, too, Jesus fulfills all righteousness. In this defining moment, he takes the place of sinners, and he gives adoption as sons. The conversation Jesus has with his cousin, John the Baptist, in this account is important. John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me? And there's context for this objection, Remember John's role, preparing people for the coming of the Messiah. He'd been preaching and baptizing for some amount of time prior to this. And Matthew records one of his sermons just before Jesus was baptized, in which John was speaking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, rebuking them for their hypocrisy. And John said this, I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who comes after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John believed that now was the end of this waiting. When Jesus came down to where he ministered, he thought he would hand over the reins. He'd been telling everyone about the glory and fire to be found in the one coming after him. And now, he thought, now they would see it. But for this glorious Messiah to stoop down, to be baptized by this lowly servant who wasn't worthy to carry his sandals, John was rattled. He wanted to see the glory that he was promised. When you consider the whole chapter of Isaiah, which he cited to show what his work was, you can see what he was longing for. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak to the heart of Jerusalem and call out to her. Her warfare really is over. Her guilt is fully paid for. Yes, she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is calling out, In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. In the wasteland, make a level highway for our God. Every valley will be raised up. And every mountain and hill will be made low. The rugged ground will become level, and the rough places will become a plain. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh together will see it. Yes, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. But these glorious things and this fire was not yet to come. Let it be so now, Jesus said, because it is proper for us to fulfill all righteousness. And there's so much in those words of Jesus. It's important for us to consider them in detail. Let it be, he said. The Beatles sang a great song with that title many years later. Hand over the anxiety. Hand over the fear. Give glory to God and hand him whatever is humanly impossible. Let it be. John wanted the glory of God to be ushered in for his people. But now Jesus came, not in glory, but in humility. Not to baptize, but to be baptized. So Jesus wanted to comfort him, to keep his hope present, and to take the worry out of his hands by saying, Let it be. But he also says, Now. Because this hope is not empty. It's not as though what John hoped for, this glorious reign of God and the salvation of his people, had failed. No, this would still be accomplished. So Jesus said, let it be so now. That is, let the Messiah come in humility now because his glory would soon be revealed. And therefore he adds this clause, because it is proper for us to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus had to go through this humility in order to accomplish his righteous purpose, to live perfectly righteously, and to bring about the glory and salvation that John was hoping for. Jesus came in humility so that he could take the place of all Israel. John had declared that all Israel would be baptized by Jesus, but now Jesus is baptized, standing in the place of the nation of God's people In the water, even as Israel had passed through the Red Sea, and even through that same Jordan River, following Jesus' namesake Joshua to take the promised land. Sinless Jesus takes the place of all sinners in receiving John's baptism for the forgiveness of sins. He didn't need the forgiveness of sins, but he took sinners' place in this bath. Jesus' whole ministry after this would be just as lowly and suffering and all in the place of sinners. As Lent begins later this week, it's important to remember this. Everything Jesus did, he did in the place of sinners. He fulfilled all righteousness because sinners could not. In his first great sermon recorded by St. Matthew, Jesus said, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy them, but to fulfill them. Indeed, I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and experts in the law, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And this is a righteousness you and I cannot attain. It had to be given by Jesus, and he begins to provide it here. The Father spoke to him from the heavens, This is my Son whom I love. I am well pleased with him. Because Jesus was taking the place of sinners, and God is well pleased with him, therefore God is also well pleased with you, to whom he gave adoption as sons. When Jesus encouraged John to let it be so now, he was appealing to his eyes of faith. Eyes of reason only see the humble things, the degradation and the lowliness and the cross. Eyes of faith see the exalted things, the glory and the life that's hidden behind these things. So look with your eyes of faith at the glory behind this sacrament. Suddenly the heavens were opened for him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and landing on him. And a voice out of the heavens said, This is my Son, whom I love. I am well pleased with him. This is what occurs in Jesus' baptism. He takes the place of sinners and reveals the glory behind it. He does this in his whole life. He takes the place of sinners under the law and reveals his glory through his miracles. And he does this at the end of his life, dying on the cross in the place of sinners and revealing his glory in his resurrection. He does this also in your baptism. He gives you his whole life, his righteousness, and his glory. I share this passage often, but it's so full of comfort that I have to. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him by this baptism into his death so that just as he was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too would also walk In a new life, Luther captured all of this in his small catechism, describing the nature, blessings, power, and meaning of baptism. Baptism is not just water, but it is the water used according to God's command and connected with his word, Luther wrote. And therefore, this water, fulfilling all righteousness, gives you Jesus' righteousness. Baptism effects forgiveness of sins, delivers from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, just as the words and promises of God declare. Because God put this word and promise into baptism, you receive that word and promise in your baptism. You receive Jesus who is the word of God, so that he dwells in you. As St. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ, and no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I am now living in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Martin Luther also appealed to the eyes of faith, writing, it is not the water that does these things. But the word of God, which is in and with the water, and faith which trusts this word of God in the water. For without the word of God, the water is simply water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism. That is a gracious water of life and washing of regeneration in the Holy Spirit. As St. Paul says, Titus 3, 5-8, According to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying. In other words, when, we, when Jesus was baptized and we saw the Son of God coming up out of the water, we saw, and we saw the Holy Spirit like a dove descending on him, and we heard the voice of the Father from the heavens, This was to signify what you find in your own baptism. Jesus commanded that baptism be administered in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And you ought to see all three persons in your baptism. The Son is in the water coming to dwell in your heart. The Holy Spirit descends on you making your body his temple. The Father speaks aloud that you are his child. And he loves you, and he is well-pleased with you. And finally, Luther said this, Such baptizing with water means that the old Adam in us should, by daily contrition and repentance, be drowned and die with all sins and evil lusts, and that a new man, daily, come forth and arise, who shall live before God in righteousness and purity forever." The miracle of baptism is that where your righteousness does not amount to the perfection that God requires, where you have failed to live up to that perfect standard, Jesus attributes his perfect and superabundant righteousness. He entered into your place and he gave you his place as a result of being in his place, being covered by his righteousness, therefore, Your life is empowered to begin to be conformed to his. God is shaping you through your life to be more like his son. He already calls you his child, and that is by his grace alone. Because you are already destined to inherit the kingdom of his son, he causes you to start also living as his son. This is Jesus' intention. His life was all deliberate. He paved a road from his baptism to his cross, to his resurrection, to heaven. And you are brought along that same path. In baptism, he unites you to his cross and his resurrection. And he gives you heaven. Amen. Please rise. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to everlasting life. Amen.